Today, when we take up Sacrifice Sunday offering, we're going to partner with the Spartanburg Soup Kitchen. They do an amazing job and care for people and uh, try to help them in a very difficult you know, season of their life. And so today as you give, I want you to know every single penny that goes to that today is going to go to the Spartanburg Soup Kitchen. And we get to partner with them. And then I'll tell you something else. They are always looking for some volunteers. And so maybe you're just thinking, man, I just got some extra time on my hands. And what in the world, Lord, would you want me to do? What if you begin to pray and say, Lord, what about volunteering with that organization? And maybe partnering with them and just walking alongside them and ministering to others. And so uh, today's going to be a good day. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to put on the best smile you got. I said best smile. There you go. That looks a whole lot better. Matter of fact, if you're a guest, before I forget, there is a little connect card that looks just like this. If you'll take a moment during the service and fill it out, I'd love to meet you after the service and uh, just to say thank you for being here today. All right, now that you got the best smile, I want you to stand up, turn around, shake a hand, hug a neck, welcome somebody to Poplar Springs this morning. All right, do that. Okay, well, it looks to me like you are sufficiently greeted, so since you are, would you sit down <laughs> for just a moment? Would you sit down, and we're going to do our Sacrifice Sunday offering first, but, but before we do that, I need to remind our men, tonight is men's ministry at 615, bring your favorite desserts. Also, um, Eric Monroe, are you here? I have not seen you, but if you're here, wave at me. I don't see him, but his wife called and asked Donna Tucker, oh, there they are. And ask if we would recognize his 50th birthday. He's on the back row. Could y'all just give him a hand today? We're glad to. We're so glad. I tell you, when you get to the 50 mark, I don't know whether to sing happy birthday or nearer my God to thee. But nonetheless, we hope you have a happy, happy birthday. This is our Sacrifice Sunday offering time to benefit uh, the soup kitchen. So if you will, just as arena plays, if you just bring your offerings to the baskets and then we'll worship in a moment.
Amen. Now, would you stand together with me as we sing together? G major chord, please. G major. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory.
Oh, 
I just have a question for you. <laughs> Has God been faithful? Has he ever? This young lady finished chemo this week. And we love her. <laughs> I love her. Well, let me sing this last verse, if you don't mind. There's pardon for sin, for sin and a peace that Today, as I stand here and I think that this is the first time in, I think, two and a half years we're going to be able to enjoy communion like we used to. We're going to pass the elements and we're going to rejoice in the goodness and the faithfulness of the one who has saved us, redeemed us, and kept us and will keep us throughout all of eternity. Lord, we're so thankful. We're thankful when you show your faithfulness by leading some of our own through great times of tough situations. Lord, we're thankful that every time you give us another birthday, another year to celebrate and to serve, and that's what we want to do. And that's what sacrifice is about, Lord. Sacrificing what we may want to do for what you would have us to do. And I pray that you will bless this offering now and use it to build your kingdom as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen.
have a copy of God's Word, I'm going to invite you this morning to look with me at Psalm 100. Psalm 100. I want to spend just a few minutes in this psalm today to kind of set the tone for us, and then we're going to be able just to, to gather and uh, observe communion together today. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to be looking at another psalm, and that psalm is going to deal with prayer. And we're going to, we're going to do something next Sunday morning that uh, I'm really looking forward to. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you what we're going to do next week. Next week, we're going to spend almost the entire service as far as after the, the, the music portion of the service, uh, I'm going to speak very little, and I, I, I sincerely mean that, okay? So if you want to hear the shortest message I will probably ever preach, you be sure to be here next week, all right? But the rest of our time, we're going to spend together in prayer. And we're going to pray, and we're going to use this thing called an Acts method. And, and some of you probably have done that before. We're going to spend time thinking about adoration of who God is. And we're going to give God thanksgiving, or confession rather. We're going to spend some time in confession, then we're going to spend some time in thanksgiving, and then we'll spend some time in supplication. And we're just going to seek the Lord next Sunday, and we're going to pray together. And, and uh, I, I think it's going to be just a wonderful time uh, that we can just get on our face before our righteous, holy God and just take some things to Him and, uh, and just to pray together. And so I'm looking forward to next Sunday. Today I want to I kind of pick up from where I left off last week, and I want to think about praise, and I want to think about worship. A lot of times you hear those terms, praise and worship. And although they are very, very similar, they are not exactly the same. Praise is one of those things, like if you read in Scripture, you'll see that uh, the Bible says that we can praise Him with song. We can praise Him with an instrument. We could praise Him with dance. I really want to dance right now, all right? But I won't. I'll just, I'll just kind of hang on to that, all right? But I don't think, yeah, I'm telling you, there's a, that's, that, these, there are these outward expressions, right? Here are these outward expressions that just say, God, we praise you. It's, so it's, it's something that's verbal. It's something that uh, is, is kind of external. But worship is something that's a little more internal. Worship is something even more, uh, and it's not that it's private. It's, it's just it's very intimate it's it's praise kind of leads us into a time so our praise goes to God but worship is that intimate moment that God spends with us and so we are in sweet communion with him and and it's in that worship that we just know who he is and that he is close and that he is ever present and so I want you to think about those two things today as we just spend a few minutes in Psalm 100 because I think they're necessary the, these are integral parts of of the uh, the major functions of the church that God has given us and so to know God is to pray him because we know that he truly is worthy of our praise praise and worship lines us up with heaven and I, I'll tell you this God may just be getting tired of long distant relationships right he wants us close to him 
And so I want you to think this morning, so on the heels of last week, thinking about, you know, the people of God being in captivity and being in Babylon, and and they just kind of had given up, and they wanted to stop singing their songs of Zion. They just hung their harps in the willow tree. I want you to think today about praise and worship being instruments in our hands to help us overcome anything that the enemy, Satan himself, would send our way. You do know that Satan cannot have us because we belong to Jesus, but I do believe it's his intent to come against us and to keep us from experiencing God's peace, to keep us from experiencing God's fellowship, and to keep us experiencing his righteousness and victory, and ultimately, he does not want us to enjoy his presence. And so I want to I want you to think today about praise and worship being tools in your hands that you can come against the enemy. And whatever he has planned for you, you can interrupt it and you can just sick Jesus on him. Somebody say amen. And we can do that through praise and worship. So if you found your place, Psalm 100, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Matter of fact, hold your Bible or device up and say these words. This is the Bible. It's God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing word. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Lord, Just reading that today makes me just want to shout and praise and thank you for who you are. God, you are so incredibly good. You made a way that we could know you and be saved. Lord, you give us life and life eternal. Lord, you just pour upon us grace upon top of grace on top of grace. God, your mercies are fresh and new every day. God, your loving kindness is so incredible. And God, we never tire of being the recipient of your love. And Lord, I pray today that you would just help us to think about our own personal praise and our worship to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just come close to us and that, God, we would just scoot over and get close to you. And that, God, we would just know that you are here with us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I I just want to call your attention to three very simple things in Psalm 100. Number one, worship is God's party. Now, you would think I would never have to say that to a church like Popper Springs. But sometimes we need to be reminded because sometimes if we come to church, we think that we almost have to be entertained. We hope the choir sings something that we like. I hope the preacher has a good joke today. 
I hope he says something to keep me interested, you know, and kind of where he's going. If we're not careful, we will think that worship is our party, but the Bible makes it very clear, worship is God's party. He is inviting us to come and to be near him. It's his party. He is the one that we come together to meet today. I'm, I'm, listen, I love being around people. Here's the blessing of being a pastor. I'm telling you, I love being around people. Now, I have my moments. We all have our moments, amen? I mean, I love people, but if I ever get on edge and think, I just don't want to be around people, I just know i got to chill out. Just got to just kind of draw back for a second and catch my breath. And I don't like being alone a lot because I'm just not wired that way. I, I really don't like that. There are moments that I do, but I really love being around people. And I have to be careful because if I'm not careful my own self, I can think that today is about me just getting to hang out with you. Or it's about me preaching a good sermon. And ladies and gentlemen, that is not the goal. The goal is to come and meet God. The goal is for God to come and meet with his people. And so much so that our praise, our songs, our, our expressions of love, you know, it says that we can shout for joy, that one of the ways that we praise God is to shout, literally to scream. Now, it's not that God is hard of hearing, Right? It's the idea that, God, we, we want you to be with us, and, God, we need you to be with us. And so our praise is sending sounds up to heaven that, God, we want you to, to see us. And, God, we want you to hear us because, God, we want you to come and be with us. Worship is God's party. The Bible makes it so clear in these first three verses. Listen, listen to how it is written. Make a joyful noise to who? The Lord. Not the congregation. It's not about the congregation, right? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Better translated, flock. We are a part of a flock. I kind of like that imagery, right? And so Jesus is our shepherd and we are just a bunch of sheep, right? Some are good and some are bad, right? But we're sheep. We're sheep of his pasture, of his flock. We get together today on a day like this not to dress up, not to see each other, not to be entertained, not to feel good about ourselves, but just to meet with our shepherd. That God would come close to us. Worship is God's party. Worship is God's party. Number two, God deserves the best gifts at his party. 
I mean, he's invited us to his party. He's invited us to come and to be with him. So it stands to reason that if you've been invited to a party that you want to take some kind of gift. I have learned that after almost 40 years of marriage, I've learned that from my wife. If I'd get an invitation, I'm just going to go. And she said, you can't just go. You've got to take a gift. So sometimes we'll be going somewhere, and she'll go, hey, pull it here right quick. What are, what are we doing? She's like, i gotta, I got to grab something right quick. And she'll grab flowers, or she'll grab some fruit, or she'll, she really loves going to this little shop in Reedville. Sweet tea station, sweet tea station. I love those folks. They're precious friends, but I should have stock in that. I should have stock right there, all right? Try to recoup some of my money. But I've learned through Pat that, you know, when, you, when you're invited to go somewhere, it's just the right thing to take a gift. God invites us to his party, and, and so we want to bring the right gifts. And so, Kim, what are the right gifts? I think the right gifts are praise, and I think the right gifts are worship. We, we know in the book of the Revelation that Jesus is worthy of all praise and glory and honor. The Apostle Paul, writing to a church, said this, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, better translated, your reasonable act of worship. That God, we do what we do because God, we want you. And God understands that worship is not a spectator's sport. One writer said it this way, the problem with the church today is that we have taken our worship cues from our entertainment-oriented culture. And the result is that worship has been made a spectator sport you can't be close if you're distant you, you, you can't experience the presence and the power of God unless God comes close and and in our praise and in our worship see worship is just this there's times when I worship when I just get quiet I stop singing today we were singing, great is thy faithfulness. I found myself, I, I'm singing, but then I found myself just stopped. And it wasn't because I didn't like the song. And I love that song. But I felt like, Lord, you are near. You see, one reason why we don't experience worship well is because we don't have a good view of who God is. When you see God for who he is, it is not hard to bring the gifts of praise and worship. So it's God's party. And coming to God's party, we want to bring our praise and we want to bring our worship. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Number three, God will even supply the party favors. I, I love this passage. 
So verses 1 through 3, the, the, I mean, it is, just, it is all about God and the worship belongs to God. Verse 4 just, just helps us understand that we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. We give thanks to his name and we bless his name. If I were to take time today just to say, is there anything that you would give God thanks for today? Is there anything that you could praise him for? I'm telling you, those are the things that you begin to concentrate on. And what do they do? They, they help us to praise him. They help us to worship him. But then in verse 5, he says, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. When I think about to all generations and all that God supplies, I know that he supplies even the party favors. I don't have to bring them. I already got them. And I just listed five. There are more, but I just listed five. Number one, he gives me sweet communion. I mean, one of the great party favors is we just get to be close to God. I, uh, I love Pat to death, and y'all, y'all know that. I, I talk about her a lot. I, I, I remember one time a, a church member years ago just told me one day in passing, you know, they were just being honest, and I appreciate their honesty, but they just said, you just talk about Pat way too much. And I thought, hmm. Well, you just need a little more fiber in your diet. That's what you need. And uh, I, I can't help it. I just, she's a part of who I am, right? I, I, I can't help it. I'm going, I'm going to talk about her. I'm going, I'm going to brag about her. The other, the other day, she was just stressed out. She was so stressed. And I said, you know what, girlfriend? We're going to do something. You've been working with your mom, your dad, and the situation with your mom and all that. And you need a break. And I'm going to take you, and we're going to go play. And so we did. We just shot out late one afternoon and drove up to Tennessee, and we just went to Dollywood till it, and we shut it down. We shut it down. Found us a little place up there and got a room and had a king-size bed. I didn't sleep worth a hoot till early, early the next morning. I'm going to tell you why. We, we don't have a king-size bed at home. I don't want one. We got a queen size, and that's big enough. Because I want Pat right here. You know what I'm saying? I want a big old king size bed. I thought she was three counties away. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And I kept waking up thinking I'm way over here. And I would scoot back way over here. I'm telling you, I want to be close to her. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Well, don't you want to be close to the Father? And he brings us, he says, look, you you don't have to manufacture this party favor. I can give you this party favor. I want to give you communion. I want you to come and be close to me. But then stop there. He says, I'll give you the party favor of fellowship. I mean, I, I, I want to fellowship with you. I want to know you. I, I want you to be right here with me. I want to give you knowledge. I want to speak to you. I want you to know who I am. I want you to know everything about me. And the more that you know about me, the more that we can have sweet fellowship together. 
just like a friend. And doesn't the Bible say that he is a friend who sticks closer than a brother? So I can have fellowship with my Savior. I can have forgiveness. The, more, the, the closer I get to God, the more I appreciate all that God has done, right? Especially the fact that I've been forgiven. You really don't know me. You know, you know things about me, but you don't know me. You don't know my past. You, you don't. And if you knew a lot of things in my own past, you probably would shake your head. If you knew some of the things in my own past, you might would say, you know, I'm not even sure I want that guy to be our pastor. The good news about the bad news is the fact that God has taken care of my past. My past has been washed under the blood of Jesus. When we take that cracker today and we, we, that, that symbolizes his body, Jesus bodily came for us to die in our place, to take all of our sin upon himself, and he paid a price that you and I could never, ever pay. And then when I take that juice, what is that? That's the blood of the new covenant. That is the picture of the blood that Jesus shed in order that all of my sins could be washed away. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, he's become a precious fount. And he's washed my sins away. I don't, I don't have to manufacture that. I can't bring that. That is a gift that God gives me that I get to give back to him to say, Lord, thank you for your communion. Thank you for your knowledge and understanding. Thank you for your fellowship, God. Thank you for your forgiveness and and you know one day what I'm going to thank him for I'm going to thank him for his rest now I can rest now I mean that's a I, I mean in, there there's a picture that I'm resting in Jesus just like today you rested in that pew right you came in, you saw people, you said, hello, how are you? You shook hands, and you did all this kind of stuff, and then you did what? You just, you just plopped right on down, right? And some of you sit in the exact same pew every single Sunday, whether you know that or not. That's why every now and then some of you choose to sit somewhere else, and then I don't know that you're here. When you came in and you just plopped down, you didn't think anything about it. I, I didn't see Alan Harmon didn't take out a hammer or a nail. I mean, I, I, he, he didn't try to work on it. He didn't, he didn't wait till Lori sat down first to see if it would, you know, work. You just plopped right on down, didn't you, friend? You just kind of plopped on down. Why? You, you, you rested. See, in one sense, because I am a follower of Jesus, the picture is I am resting by faith in everything that he has done as though he did it for me, right? So I, I rest in that. I rest in his forgiveness. I rest in his peace. I rest in his authority. I rest in his goodness. I rest in his loving kindness. I rest in his mercy. I rest in his goodness. 
But there's coming a day when I am absolutely going to rest in a way that I'm not resting now. Does that make sense? You, you do realize that, that, that this world is not the end, right? You do know there's a better day coming, amen? And the Lord, the Lord said he is gone to prepare a place for us. And if he goes to prepare a place for us, he will come again and receive us unto himself. That where he is, we will be also. There is coming a day that will be the, the most incredible, wonderful day when this body ceases to breathe here and I get to breathe celestial air there and I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be in heaven. There will be no sickness. There will be no pain. There will be no disease. There will be no devil. There will be no temptation. All will be rest. And we just get to have a party the whole, I don't know how long eternity is, but it's a long time, I think. Just resting in what Jesus has done for us. And so, we just need to keep partying, amen? To praise him, to worship him. To enjoy him. I, I want to end this by asking a simple question. And I think this is a fair question. Please listen close. Do you enjoy Jesus? Let me phrase it a different way. Are you enjoying Jesus? Are you close? Are you tight? Is it long distance or is he just right beside you? I Sometimes I just, I don't, I, I think it's just the way I, I visualize things. But there are moments when I'm praying to the Lord. And I'm like, Lord, I want you to be so close. That if my back were up against your back. I could feel you breathe. Have you ever been that close to somebody? That you've been so close that you could feel them breathe. That's how much I really want to enjoy Jesus. Thank God I know Lord, I pray that in these moments that we just prepare our heart for a time of communion with you. Lord, that we would just sense your presence and your power right now, right here.
Lord, we pray that if there's anything displeasing in our hearts to you, that God, we know that your grace can cover those things right now. Lord, as we gather around your table, Lord, we don't want there to be anything in our heart that in any form or fashion would cause us to partake today in an unworthy manner. And so, Lord, I pray just in the quietness of this moment that the Holy Spirit would just speak to us even now. And Holy Spirit, would you show us anything? Lord, I I know that in a time of communion, there, there is something personal. And so I know that I can come to you and ask you to forgive me. But Lord, I also believe there is something about body life that's important in communion as well. And Lord, I'm asking you to make us a clean body. I pray, God, for a spirit of unity. A spirit of oneness today. Not to be fragmented, not to be broken, not to have gaps and holes. But Jesus, as we come to your table today, God, we want to be one with you. One body. One Lord, one Savior. So church, take just these moments of quietness and let's just go to the Lord and let's prepare our heart. The word says in Luke chapter 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. And they said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? And he said to them, Behold, When you've entered a city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters. And tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room 
for I may eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room, furnished, prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And that's what we get to be a part of today. I'm going to ask our deacons to stand, and Brother Rick, you come, and we're going to begin to pass the elements.
Jesus said, this is my body. Take and eat as often as you remember me.
And in the same manner, Jesus had taken the bread. He also took the cup and said, this is uh, the blood of the new covenant. And as often as you remember me, you take and you drink. All God's people said, amen, amen. Guys, you can be seated. You know, one of the passages said that after they had finished, they sang a hymn together and they left. So, Scott, you come and you lead us. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Man, God bless you.